This show is brought to you by Female Alliance Media, by women, for women. Hey, welcome to my first solo podcast in a while. I'm really sorry that I fell off of the face of the earth, guys. I know I've been doing some replays for you. You know, my life has just been a little chaotic and all I could commit to for a hot minute was once a week podcasts. (laughs) So I am so happy to be recording this podcast just to catch up with you guys. And really, this is a really special month because May is Mental Health Awareness Month. It is also Maternal Mental Health Month. And as you all know, these things mean so much to me. It is the reason I have this podcast, the reason I have my platform. Literally, I think one of the reasons that I have a purpose in life. I feel as though I... I'm supposed to be advocating for not only just moms, women, men, literally everyone. When I say that your mental health is health, you should be prioritizing your mental health over everything, in my own opinion. But yeah, so I'm really excited about this month. I have some really cool things coming up. I have a lot of really incredible podcasts lined up. And although there are some really amazing podcasts I wanted to release this month, me forgetting because, you know, that's how my brain works, that May is Mental Health Awareness Month, I've kind of decided to shift a little bit. And I'm going to give you new content, but also replay some of my older episodes, but so important. So some that you may hear this month. Well, today I actually posted Finding Freedom in Motherhood with Katie Ray, where she gets like crazy vulnerable, amazingly brave, and talks about her experience with postpartum psychosis. I am thinking I'm going to let out the postpartum OCD with Jenna Overbow because some of these things I just don't feel like are talked as much in detail. And there's so much shame surrounding some of these particular mental illnesses like postpartum psychosis, right? Nobody wants to say out loud that they're having these intrusive thoughts. And maybe they are violent intrusive thoughts. Maybe they're sexual intrusive thoughts. And all of the above are horrible. Do not get me wrong. I would be devastated to have an intrusive thought like that. However, if I also felt like I didn't have a space to tell someone about the thoughts that I was having, I don't know how I would survive. These women need places like this. They need a seat at the table to discuss what they're struggling with, the thoughts that they are having, especially when these moms 
know this is not them. So like, I remember when I did my podcast with Kate Borsato, she was talking about one of the ways to know if you're having an intrusive thought is, is that horrible thought out of character for you? Like, let's say, for example, you were having an intrusive thought about harming your child. If that is so out of the realm of your personality, this is never a thought you would ever have. The thought disgusts you, sickens you. That's an intrusive thought. It has no reflection of who you are as a person, as a mother, none of those things. It is an anxiety. It is a mental illness. And these things need to have a space. These women need to be able to share what they're going through because they are important. And I think the thing that gets me so much is like, I think when it comes to mental illness, in my experience anyway, is that people are so uncomfortable by it, right? Like they're so uncomfortable. They don't want to hear your depression story. They don't want to hear about your intrusive thoughts because it makes them uncomfortable. But it's not about them. And I think that's something that I really want to change the narrative of. I I want to hear about the taboo things that you're thinking of, talking about. I want to hear your hard shit. I want to sit with you in the dark and work through it. And maybe we don't work through it. Maybe I'm just someone that just listens. Like, that is what I want to do. I want to be a support. I want to be an ally. I want to be all of the things that I can be in this mental health world because I think it's so incredibly important. And as someone who has struggled with mental illness for probably most of her life, if I didn't have the space to talk about it, whether it be my therapist, my best friend, my husband, those are my three people that I talk to the most about this. And if I didn't have those people, I don't know what I would have done. Truly. You need to be able to say, hey, you know what? I'm not myself right now. I'm not feeling good. I don't feel like myself. I'm feeling, you know, really low or really anxious, or I'm having these really scary thoughts and I don't know what to do about them. Like sometimes we don't always want to jump to like, oh, I need to go to a therapist. I need to go to the doctor and get medication. Sometimes we can't see that ourselves or we don't think, oh, I'm not that bad. But then for me anyways, when I've said things out loud to people and I see their face, I'm like, okay, this is a problem, right? And it's also an aha moment for me that I have this person that I can talk to, but also like, yeah, this is problematic. And, you know, red flag, something needs to be done about this. That's been an incredible piece of it for me as well. I don't know if I've ever really shared this with you guys on the podcast, but I have struggled with my mental health for as long as I can remember, really. My first major moment that I can remember was I was on a family vacation with my mom in Boston when I was 19 or 20, maybe not even. And I had a massive panic attack in Boston. 
I had no idea what had happened. I was so grateful I was with my mom because she had had them before. She recognized it and talked me out of it. But then I literally spiraled after that. It turned into like being so on edge about that happening again because it was so scary to me to feel so out of control of my body. And like, since it came out of nowhere, like we were at a restaurant and it just, it literally came out of left field. Nothing was going on and it scared the hell out of me. And then that literally took off. Like I had panic attacks for years and years and years. And it was like the most debilitating thing when I was in school, in pharmacy school in 2011, my grandmother got sick and my anxiety got so bad, like to the point where I couldn't really leave my house. I had, I was never diagnosed with agoraphobia, but I essentially had that. I would leave the house, but if I like went somewhere where I couldn't find the exit. So like the mall, for example, was really hard for me. I would just freak out. I would be so overwhelmed by the amount of people and the noise and everything would just be like so overwhelming for me that I would literally have a massive panic attack. And my panic attacks were always around fainting for whatever reason. So I don't know if anyone who's listening has never had a panic attack before. You can literally have physical symptoms that are so real. I remember being with my husband in the mall once and I had a panic attack and I was like sweating. Like I was telling him, I'm going to pass out. I'm going to pass out. And I was trying to like get to the exit. And as soon as I would get out that door, I would literally be fine. Like it would be gone. It was like, get out that door to the fresh air. Everything would be gone. So I knew it wasn't real. I knew it was a panic attack, but it felt so real. So I would be like, feeling like, you know, when you got like the cold sweats, like how you literally are like, I'm going to pass out and I'd get woozy and like my mouth would go all dry and I would literally like get cold sweats and dizzy and I'd be like, this is it, I'm going down. And, and then as soon as I got outside, I'd be fine. And it was like, in my head, I knew it, like logically, I knew like none of it is real. If you've never experienced anxiety before in like on like a symptomatic level, it is so fucking real that it is terrifying. And it took me a really long time, like a really long time. I'm going to tell you a cute little story. When I was trying to get over that, I am not recommending that anyone does this, by the way, because this is actually so bad. But when I was trying to get over my agoraphobia, my husband would take me to Ikea and because Ikea was like the scariest fucking place for me because it's so big, but it had like quick little exits too. So my husband would say, okay, if you can get to like the kitchens, (laughs) we'll cut through the exits and we'll run out and then, you know, we'll go get a drink. And then like, obviously the alcohol would curb the anxiety, which we all know is not a good coping mechanism. But for me at the time, I was like, that's the end goal. 
I can push through the anxiety and then I'll have a drink and all the anxiety will go away. Again, do not recommend that. I obviously know that now. But eventually I worked myself up to I could walk through the entire store of Ikea and we didn't get a drink at the end because I was also putting myself through therapy and I was learning that that's not a healthy coping mechanism. Um, But it was really helpful to kind of face my fear in small chunks that I could do. And eventually I got through the whole Ikea and now I can walk through Ikea, no problem. But like that type of anxiety is like, oh, it was horrible. It was honestly the most debilitating thing. I just, I would have it at work. Like I can remember standing at the, I used to work um, in this retail pharmacy and I can remember like standing at the cash, like cashing a patient out and being like so woozy and freaking out internally thinking I'm going to pass out. All these people are going to make fun of me, like, which is so fucking ridiculous. No one's going to make fun of you if you actually pass out. But like when you're in that state of anxiety, like nothing can pull you from all of those thoughts that are just so hard to work through. So if you're listening and you have anxiety, I feel you so bad. Now my anxiety. So now I'm on medication. Uh, I never went on medication for all of this, by the way, because I'm so stupid. Like now that I'm on medication and I live my day to day and I feel literally zero anxiety, like not an ounce of it. Other than like a random day here and there, which honestly, it's like once every six months, I feel like a little bit anxious, but I have not felt anxiety like that in almost two years since I've been on medication. And I just remember thinking, my God, if I would have just listened to myself years ago, got myself on medication, like how much easier my life could have been, obviously it depends on you and your doctor. My doctor would always recommend it. And I was always like, no, I'm too strong for that. I'm too, you know, I'm not weak. I don't need medication. Medication is bad for you. I'm a, I work in pharmacy. Like medication is not bad for you if you need it. And so, which leads me into like my postpartum period where I was diagnosed with postpartum rage and postpartum depression. And again, worked through that just in therapy, stayed in therapy for like a full year. And honestly, and truthfully, the depression side just never went away. I don't think it's ever fully gone away. And I hate that. I feel like postpartum depression stole my first year from my daughter. I feel like I was robbed of that maternity leave. I was robbed of that first year of her life because I was so not myself and so inside my head the whole time. And I hate that it's kind of become a part of me. And like part of me wonders if it always was. Like I know anxiety and depression go hand in hand. So sometimes I wonder like, was the depression always there? It just wasn't as loud as the anxiety because the anxiety was so loud. But now um, I do feel the weight of the depression, even while on medication. Uh, It's a lot better. 
back in the end of 2021, I was so burnt out from my job. I was really, like, really struggling mentally. And I literally, I had, I, I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast or not, but I had this episode where I recorded with my friend Nikki. And I'm sure a lot of you have heard the episode. And Nikki was talking about um, going through a divorce. And I've never been through a divorce. However, she was talking about this like heaviness and the feeling of depression and all of these things. And she said something on that podcast where she had this moment when she realized if I don't do something, I'm not going to be here anymore. And she said, and I wasn't suicidal. I never wanted to hurt myself. I never wanted to end my life. But I was so worried that I was going to have like a heart attack or like a mental breakdown or just like something because I was in this constant state of depression and stress and like fight or flight. And I never related to something more. And I literally got off the podcast. I literally talked her ear off for like an hour after that because I she was the first person I just broke down to and told her how miserable I was. And I went upstairs and I told my husband and I just said, I need to do something about this because I'm not going to be here anymore. And I felt the same way. I felt like the depression was just going to like eat me alive. And I didn't know who I was or what I wanted to do with my life anymore. I literally call it now, I call it my spiritual awakening because that's what I think it was or is because I think I feel like I'm still in it. Um, But I was also joking and calling it my midlife crisis. But I finally like woke up and I put myself on medication and I've never felt better. Like literally in probably most of my adult life, I've I've never felt better mentally. So if you are someone who is thinking that you can do it on your own, which I absolutely think you can, I think, I think meditation is really helpful. I think journaling is incredibly helpful. I think therapy is like literally the best thing on earth. I think everyone should have a therapist. Like I think you should be born. Here's your birth certificate. Here's your therapist. But I realize not therapy is not for everyone and meditation and journaling are not for everyone. But like also sometimes there is a space for medication with some people. And for me, I want to share with you guys that I got to that point because I was doing all of it. I was meditating. I was exercising. I was journaling. I was seeing a therapist every two weeks and it wasn't working. I was getting worse. And so finally, my therapist said to me, you know, I think it's time that maybe we have a conversation around medication because she was fearful that I was below baseline and she felt like I needed something to bring me to baseline so that all of the work that I was doing would actually be beneficial for me. And she was right. And I stopped fighting myself. I'm not going to lie to you, though. I got that prescription. It took me like two weeks to fill it. And then it took me like another three weeks after that to actually take the first pill. I had absolutely no side effects. Um, I do take citalopram, just in case anyone was wondering. Um, I had no side effects. 
I had to get some blood work done and an EKG done for, I think, like my first six weeks or something like this. And I have to get one once a year. Um, But I really feel like it saved my life because I realize now that I have a chemical imbalance in my brain. And that's okay. And I think I have for a really long time. And now thanks to therapy, I think I kind of know why. And I understand why I am the way that I am. But I also think it's really important to note that if you are someone who has a chemical imbalance in your brain and you require medication, you should take that medication. Fuck the stigma surrounding medication. It doesn't make you weak. It doesn't make you any less than. It makes you strong. It makes you smart. It makes you really amazing for putting yourself first and your mental health first. But I know how hard it is to get there. And I really just wanted to do this solo episode and tell you guys a little bit about my life and my journey in like a really small little snippets really of what I've gone through um just so you know you're not alone because I hate that so many of us feel alone I hate that so many of us still are not able to confidently talk about our struggles and we have no one to share that with but you can share it with me or you can listen to me share all of my hard things. I will air out all of my hard things on this podcast every single week alongside a guest, of course. And they might air their hard things out too. But for the rest of May, I really hope that you will actively work on prioritizing your mental health every single day. Always know that you are important and you are worthy of prioritizing yourself and your mental health. I really hope this episode helps anyone who is struggling or if you have been in my shoes, I hope it was relatable. And I just hope that you will keep talking about the hard things because we need to talk about the hard things. Anyways, I hope you have a great rest of your week and just remember you are worthy. I'll talk to you soon. See ya. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the honest as a mother podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate and review. I'm really looking forward to hearing from you.